Welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello and welcome to another edition of the STR Data Lab. I'm Jamie Lane, Chief Economist at AirDNA, and I'm joined today uh, with Matt Durrett, the CEO of Cozy Vacation Rentals. Matt, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we were hanging out uh, at Verma. I think this is now our, our third Verma actually chatting. The first one back in, I think it was San Antonio. Mm -hmm. That was my first Verma and sort of chatting at the bar. You guys have seen amazing growth since then. I see you more and more and the sort of highlights that you guys have, I'm really looking uh, to dig into, but maybe we could just start with a bit about your history, how you got yourself into the vacation rental industry, and then why you started Cozy and what Cozy is. Yeah, and again, thank you so much for for having me, and and I've enjoyed you know, getting to know you and and learn more about you over the past few years at all of our conferences and all the success at AirDNA at the tool I've used you know, throughout the year, or everything that we've done. So, so my name is Matt Threat, owner of you know, Cozy Vacation Rentals, founder and, and operator full time as the as the general manager, and got into the space in 2013, um, just managing some folks, you know, Airbnb rental homes actually in Baltimore, Maryland which spread into the DC area, then spread into many other markets up and down the East Coast over the next kind of three or four years of really figuring that out. My wife is from the Austin, Texas area. And part of the deal is when we started dating and getting married was we're, we're gonna move back to Austin, we're gonna be with family. And in 2017, we actually had our first house out in Fredericksburg, Texas through a family friend that we were managing, you know, remotely, but I figured out all the processes, right? The systems to manage properties remotely, not having to actually be there on the ground. And, uh, for 2017 to 2018, we grew about 10 properties in Fredericksburg. And then we finally moved to Fredericksburg in 2019. We we're finally able to get, or sorry, to Austin in 2019. And mm -hmm. then to be with family, we actually moved out here to Fredericksburg uh, last year. But once we moved out here in 2019, we knew that this was a market we wanted to continue to grow. And COVID really, it was kind of the right place, right time. And COVID helped with that growth in terms of people getting out of cities, buying more vacation rentals. But it forced us to focus on the growth here in Texas versus we had about 100 other rentals up and down the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, from Baltimore to D.C. to Orlando, there's a lot of restrictions. There's a lot of shutdown. We were more of an urban-focused company. Out here in the Fredericksburg Hill Country, it forced us to to really be a true hospitality brand and to kind of think differently about our business. And so we went uh, all in and we shut down all of our businesses um, and all the other markets and all the other homes, canceled those contracts and went all in on Fredericksburg and the Texas Hill Country. And we went from about 10 homes in 2020. We have close to 350 homes now um, in uh, the end of 2023 here. And we're, we're solely a Texas-based local brand here in Fredericksburg, Texas. So it's been an awesome journey from kind of that urban space to mm -hmm. truly being in, it, it's all about hospitality and experience. And I think a lot of companies are moving that direction regardless of urban and being in a drive-to tourism market, but it's, it's just a different mindset that we have to have that we have ingrained into us and down into our culture. Yeah. So I know a whole lot I want to dig into there, but maybe just start with I was looking at your website and preparing for, for this podcast, and I wanted to ask you, can you define Texas luxury? 
Yeah. So, so for for me, te- Texas luxury is where can I get out of Austin, Dallas, mm-hmm. Houston, San Antonio, the four core markets that travel to our drive to tourism destination, and coming out to the Texas Hill Country to signify that heel, that Texan, that that true hostile experience where I'm getting away from those metropolitan areas and I'm getting to just a place of zen and ah and truly cozy. And when I check into a cozy property, we have amazing sheets, we have amazing towels, we have luxurious amenities, pools, hot tubs. And it's it's a guest who is going to have everything taken care of for them 24-7 and who who truly can leave saying I had an amazing experience in a high-end exclusive property and it truly was cozy and that's our definition of of texas luxury and getting out of that day-to-day of the eight to five and kind of the rat race we all live and truly having an experience in an amazing part of of texas that not many people still don't know about yeah and me personally i i haven't been to fredericksburg been to austin but haven't gotten up into the hill country so in your market, are you guys exclusively on the upper end in terms of the types of homes that you guys onboard? Or are you guys across the board? How does your supply look like? Yeah, so we, we've gotten to be uh, to the upper end, to the modern to upper end you know, across the board. For a little bit there, we were adding on homes that didn't fit our brand, didn't fit our portfolio. We've, we've exited out homes like that, and we're solely focusing on homes that provide a great experience to guests that have the right amenities have great locations, um, then also focusing on amazing owners, mm-hmm. who, you know, understand the market, they understand ups and downs and supply growths and, you know, hey, it's going to take three to six months to really get your listing cooking and doing well and, and the strategies that go into that. And so, you know, we're, we're definitely on the, the, the more, you know, modern to the upper end. But for us now, it's all about the amenities that you so when you're looking to, and can, are you, one, are you looking to grow your supply now going forward or are you guys looking to maintain? And then second, like you mentioned amenities, but like what goes into the criteria of like the type of supply that you're looking to onboard, whether I'm type of owners, type of homes, like what goes into that criteria? Yeah. So for, for the type of, you know, the type of homes, it's, it's super important. We start there kind of first. Before you know, when a lead comes into our system, analyzing that home, doing all the research from our internal processes to make sure it fits the bill and have the right amenities. But knowing knowing what your top ten amenities are in your market that people search, click, and filter for is key to what we start for. We get a brand new list every month, and we've actually mm-hmm. pulled some of those you know, from not only ARD Nate, but we get those from a lot of our listing partners as well. And you know, is it hot tubs? Is it pools? Is it fire pits, you know, what are people searching for and what they want? Because the reality is if you don't have that, you're out of search. And as much, you know, we have a great distribution strategy where we're about 35 to 40% direct now, but we still rely on the big channels, the Airbnbs, the VRBOs, Marriott's, et cetera. So we want to make sure that these homes have the right amenities that guests are searching for so that we can stay in search longer and we can have a higher conversion rate. That's super important for us as a company, but it's also who does it, who's it going to affect the most? It's going to affect that owner, right? And their property, the revenue that it can generate. And then those amenities allow what at the same time, it allows the guests to have the great experience what they're searching for. So it's super important on the amenity base, but then also location is, is critical too. Um, through a lot of just you know, trial and error and failure, 
hey, well, there might be a house that's 40 miles west of Fredericksburg. But the reality is, is everyone comes in on the east side. It doesn't matter what city you come from in Texas, the four major, you're coming in from the east down the 291 corridor. That's where the success is. And you can go a little bit west. But when you're going out that far, it's not worth it for us, nor is the owner, because they're just not going to generate the revenue that they think they can get because they are still in a zip code, you know, at Fredericksburg. And then for us, you know, for, for, for owners, it's, it truly is a partnership. And so when we're interviewing owners, I know they're doing a lot of interviewing with us, but we want to make sure that this is going to be a long-term business relationship and that's going to be a win-win. And so if that property's numbers aren't going to perform, we don't, we don't want it in our portfolio. If the owner isn't willing to make the right updates and put the proper amenities in, we don't want them you know, in our portfolio. Um, if they show you know, signs of wanting to control every aspect of the process, it's just not going to be a good fit because then we can't do the things that we know are going to make, make them successful and make their house successful. You know, we do have a proven process and it, it works. We're really having as owners who put that trust into you and, and that they're, they're bought in and they're bought in of your mission. Um, they're not just going to switch right after, you know, the first two months of, you know, the onboarding and getting your house set up for success. You know, they're, they're going to stay with you for those ups and downs and also the, you know, the, the seasonality that markets have. You know, I think of like a lot of people, a lot of owners or a lot of business owners and myself have faced in the last year is, Owners were typically used to a certain level of, you know, occupancy because of COVID. And that's just not realistic where we're pacing you know, pretty identical to 2019, which was a fantastic year. So yeah, definitely want to dig into sort of market dynamics. But first, sort of your decision to maybe optimize around a single market in, in Fredericksburg and, and offboarding all the properties you had on the East Coast. So can you talk a little bit more about that decision and to focus in on a single market and now and assuming you're able to leverage your staff in that market to sort of do the cleaning, do the property maintenance, do everything that goes along with managing those properties and you're not having to sort of manage them remote anymore. And then second is as you think about the growth of Cozy going forward, are you guys thinking about expanding other markets or is it and just all in on Fredericksburg and the Hill Country. Got it. Yeah. And and so the decision to really reorg as a as a brand was truly behind one, where we were located in terms of being in Austin and being closer to an amazing market. But the the revenues that we were achieving on houses in Fredericksburg and the ADRs, the occupancy rates. And then seeing that the Texas Hill Country at that time was a more year-round market with not as much dependent on, you know, in urban areas, we're really dependent on conferences and conventions. But those change from year to year. They're not always the same. And there's a lot of seasonality and certain weekends that you, know, you just didn't get. And so Fredericksburg was a more year-round market. And you know, my wife and I, we were ready to build a family at the same time. We were ready kind of for some of those new life changes. And some of the biggest challenges that we faced is trying to market in Baltimore, DC, Deep Creek Lake, Maryland, Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Orlando, the, the, the different types of revenue management strategies, pricing, just who your guest is, who's your target market. It was all over the place. It's, it's almost impossible to manage 
at the size that we were at, unless you were truly had dedicated teams to focus on those markets. And so it was very logistical, very costly, very just challenging in terms of logistically. The one thing that we did build from the very beginning is we built, you know, a 24 seven customer experience team that works directly for us. They work for us actually out of Honduras and it's our, it's our company and our team. And so they're able to be there 24 seven while we can be on the ground, focusing on the quality of the homes and the guests when they check in, they're there to handle all that back in, you know, work on their side's health. But when we came into to Fredericksburg, what I learned over the first year was all of our customers pretty much at the, it's 87% now at the time, it was 97% of our bookings came from Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. It was a drive to tourism market. There was no risk of, you know, it was none of the flight market air, you know, et cetera. Like when we were in Baltimore, we had customers from 103 countries in <laughs> one year. Now, how do you, you know, how do you directly market back to a group like that? You don't, and you can, right. But is it really worth the return of an investment when they're probably not going to come back to Baltimore again, except for that convention. So it was an Airbnb focused market anyways. So we've been able to go from kind of that Airbnb dependent model to hospitality company and brand and really target ourselves to the Texas demographic of who's going to be coming and staying in our properties. And we target anyone that can hop in a car and be here within four hours or less. And that's, that's our customer. And our average customer is actually a 43 year old female. That's our average person booking the home. And so from marketing to concentrating to bookings and to building out a look, it's allowed us to be super successful. And on top of all of that, we're able to really own a market and build out amazing teams and processes centered around this hill country. And, this, and the same customers coming all over the hill country are coming from those same markets. So in the hill country, we might be here in Fredericksburg, but there's some great lakes that we have properties in. There's New Brunkles, for instance, that's a great river tubing and has the best water park in Texas and great concert venues. So there's a little bit of seasonality there, but it's the same customers. And what we've been able to see is over the trend of the last especially two years, is the same customer staying at our houses in New Braunfels, but also coming to stay in Fredericksburg or going to stay, you know, on Lake Travis near Austin, things like that. So it's been pretty phenomenal to see, but overall it's a lot easier. And I have found that people trust a local brand and they trust a local operator who is here, who's present. And we actually lost a lot of homes in the very beginning by trying to close contracts because we were not local and we did not have a local so what it sounds like is, yes, Texas, yes, Fredericksburg, but also, yes, like markets around sort of pulling from the same market so you can continue to build off of the customer base that you've sort of built trust with and looking at other areas that they are maybe traveling to and making sure that you have a presence in them with that sort of four-hour drive-to time away from the major metros as you sort of continue to expand. Correct. Correct. And then to your second part of the question, you know, in terms of you know, us wanting to expand, for me, it is all about quality mm-hmm. for it. And it is our biggest focus as, as a company because delivering a great experience means having a great home, having a great experience to the guests and both as the owner, the two customers that we, that we service. And we are going, you know, we, we institute a model uh, this year for the first time that we, we cut the bottom 10% of our portfolio every year. And we're going to do that every year to ensure that we have the most exclusive homes, best owners, best properties, 
that we can deliver, you know, to, to our guests. And Cozy was founded, my wife and I founded the company. And what we noticed was that every, so for the first 30 homes we did, we furnished every home as a requirement we had to furnish it. We put the sheets, the towels, the beddings, everything. And, and, and as we got bigger, not that we got away from quality our reviews have always been fantastic, but we want to focus back on you know, cozy and we, we focused back on the core reasons of what have truly customers chose us for and you know right people stay at a you know uh, at a rental and they eight hours they're gonna be in in a bed so we want comfortable lens comfortable towels comfortable sheets a comfortable bedding experience on top of a great house and with what they're what they have locally so it's as we move forward we are not going to be growing like we used to it is only going to be adding the right homeowners the right homes and instituting all of our new levels of quality and cleanliness. And over the last year and a half, we've gone from a cleanliness score of a 4.81 up to 4.92 overall as a company. And, and it just goes to show how hard our team has been working and what we've been instituting to put that change in effect and really ironing out those core processes and, and quality. And a 4.91 on cleaning is excellent. And <laughs> it's one of my favorite types of sort of metrics to, to dig into. Uh, on how some of the larger property managers are sort of performing across the different review scores. But you talked about your growth, and it's no surprise that and a market like Fredericksburg has been growing a lot in terms of overall supply. Sort of clearly, you look at our data, it's the market's up about 25% year over year. You look back to 2018, and the market has essentially doubled in terms of number of listings on, on Airbnb and Vervo. So how are you guys seeing your performance in this market? Is it, is it, and you said it's, it's not nearly the highs of occupancy that you saw in, in during COVID, maybe 2021 and sort of the narrative we see across the industry, but and broadly is, is demand holding up? Are you seeing a crash? Like how are you guys performing? Yeah. So it's been an interesting year because we're, we're, we saw, it was highs, highs, highs from so you know, March of 2020. Mm -hmm. It was dead for about three months. Yep. And you know, we had a lot of last minute reservations. We were just trying to figure out how to operate in the whole new world we were all within. Then in June, about June, July of 2020, it just went like this. And it turned into just week after week, booking after booking, you know, obviously holiday after holiday. It just felt like it was nonstop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Fredericksburg traditionally, as an example, this mar it's a Thursday through Sunday town. Yep. It, yeah, there's a lot of things closed on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. It's just not, you know, we'll, we'll typically do 100% occupancy every single Thursday through Sunday. But during COVID, it was dropped down to like 50, 60% occupancy, which isn't normal. You know, we're yep. usually about 25 to 35% booked during the week, which is completely normal for the market. And normal is okay as long as you have the right revenue management strategy, distribution strategies, rates, you name it, and you can still make those returns. But over, it was August, of, it was about July, August 2022, everything was like this, and then it just went like this. And I think a lot of it's attributed to, if you look back from all of the work from home, the flex schedules, kids not in school, you name all those different trends, August 2022, what happened though? pretty much everyone went back to school. Mm -hmm. You know, there was not as many kids you know, being you know, remote learning. A lot of friends and folks that I know, and I'm in a lot of CEO working groups out of Austin, 
with a lot of other company owners, all of their employees, they were required to come back or a hybrid models where they couldn't work through home the whole week. They had to come in two or three days a week. So a lot of that was instituted at that time. And then we had in, you know, in, in October, 2023 is one of our slower Octobers that we had in a couple of years, actually. And coupled with all these dynamics is what you just mentioned, the massive supply growth of the amount of listings in this market. And like any tourism market, Fredericksburg just flooded through COVID. I mean, you know, interest rates were cheap. Prices were still fairly low for such a long time. So, so many people came and bought that hadn't been in the rental space before. And then you, know, you had a lot of people who also out in this market, they did these massive developments, you know, you know condos and, you know, apartment schemes and purpose-built communities or, you know, there's big developments out here like Firefly Resort. It's 311 tiny homes with a community pool and things like that. It's a really, really cool kind of resort, mm-hmm. but it just finished, but it started construction two years ago. So there's a supply of 301 ones immediately, you yep. know, on the market. So a lot of those things are finally kind of finally came to fruition into 2022 and this year, which yeah, the supply growth was, was pretty excessive, which left us unbooked at certain times that we weren't used to. And a lot of brand new owners who had never done short terms before, like, Hey, why am I not booked for some rates over here? Or, Hey, why am I not booked on this weekend? So we just did the best job we could in terms of education. And, and whatever strategy we could take in place to get high quality guests in our door, you know, we institute a lot more. We used to have strict policies. We institute a lot of, um, you know, policies such around flexible booking, non you know, with, you know, non-refundable 10% off policies, things like that. But the supply growth was pretty extensive here. And then Fredericksburg specifically had, has had a lot of negotiation the last two years in terms of regulation. And they've had some negative regulation, all permits, there's about 1200 permits, they're all grandfathered. So no issue there, but no one from out of town, unless commercial can come and get a permit. And so what that also did at the same time of what other markets experienced was so many people flooded to get permits. They went from, I think 650 to 700 permits in summer of 2020, they, they issued over 1400 permits before regulation went in place of April 1st. Uh, I think that was 2022. And so everyone flooded to get what are called panic permits. So that just increased it more. So yeah, I mean, overall with that supply, it has led to some challenges. Um, we've been, I think we're down this year from last year by about 11% occupancy. However, our, our ADRs are up about, about $42 this year to date, which is, which is great. Um, and I think that's, you know, coupled with, we have a lot of the right homes, a lot of right amenities, the right, you know, the right location, things like that. But I think over time, what you're going to see is the homes that have the best locations and they have the right amenities to deliver a great experience are going to win. Because in 2017 here, our first home was a beautiful home, but it didn't have a hot tub, didn't have a basketball court, didn't have a pickleball court. It didn't have a fire pit, but it rented all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, now that home, it's not going to rent well. Yep. And so what we've done over the last six years, that one owner, there's a pickleball court, hot tub, and there's a pool. There's a, and it's one of the top performing properties in town and it's location two blocks from main street. So just to, it's gotten very competitive, but you can still do very well if you put the guests needs first into what they want when they come out here. Uh, that, 
that totally makes sense and really aligns with what we're seeing across a lot of other markets too of if you're operating a unit without the amenities that people want like yeah you're seeing i'm pretty weak bookings but if you're f- sort of following the trends and putting the investment back into the property that you're going to be able to compete and get the bookings you you might expect so outside of you talked about occupancy adr revpar what are the other sort of top metrics or top KPIs that you're looking at on a regular basis to sort of understand the health of your business? Yeah, for for us, so we have a you know revenue management call every week, and we run on a format called EOS. But we you know, we track all of these KPIs weekly, and then we step away as a department of team to review them every every quarter. But just from a core foundational level for us, when what our strategy is more looking at homes and, and pricing them on a daily and weekly basis is we look at the total quantity of bookings every two weeks that are coming in for every listing. And when the quantity is low, you know, we're going to be taking looks, making tweaks, like, you know, what is it? Why aren't they booking? But also when the quantity of bookings is low, it could be a good thing, right? It could mean that there's so many book dates in the calendar already, you can't fill those dates. So that's a good thing. So we look at those those kind of health scores, and we have a metric that tracks tracks that, uh, and so we track the health score of the total number of, you know, of bookings per property, and those averages. Then we look at the booking lead time, um, and that's been something really challenging for us. Um, we've gotten really really good at it with the kind of the new environment. We were at about fifty five days before COVID of the lead time. We've been going back and forth between thirty five to twenty five since you know last last summer, and we can't seem to chip away at that. And that's where the market is too. Overall, you know, some people might be in the 40 range, but what we're seeing across the spectrum is in the low thirties. And that is really important, right? In terms of a race strategy into how we're setting into the, if we know the average when customer booking, that's when we can you know, maximize what we're charging, when we're charging it, why we're charging it versus just, you know, kind of the setting and forgetting it model. So that's really important. You know, obviously, re- you know, rev pan revenue prevailable night is really important watching that. But, you know, as, as a company, we've gotten it nailed down to where we know, you know, based upon quantity of bookings is super important for us just overall watching the total number of reservations and the total number of properties we have and always trying to continue to in- increase that. And, uh, obviously occupancy, you know, as, as well. Um, but for me, just at the core foundation, if a listing isn't doing well, it's the quantity of bookings over the over every two week span that we measure, and then I get a report every single morning, right? Does Slack message of homes that are not performing, and it's our jobs team to go in and say why, what what is causing this, and what can we do in a new strategy to to increase that. And out of that, does that come sort of communication with the owners too? And generally, I mean, are your owners pretty involved in that process of if they're not getting bookings or? Are they calling you before you get that metric or are you guys reporting it back to them and sort of, and with the strategy on how you're going to get more bookings for their properties or generally do people just trust you? So our goal is to get them to just, just trust us. And we find that most owners who've been with us more than four months will absolutely trust us. And the metrics typically is called a low performing property. And like I said, you know, it's a great thing if it's a low performer because it's already booked up, which happens a lot. Obviously it's already booked up. It's got high occupancies, it's way out in the market can't book it so the, the quantity of bookings isn't isn't high right now which is great which means we can continue to up that price right towards the future and actually maximize what they're going to earn 
but in the short term, if it's a low performer, it's not getting, you know, we, we've got the 10 things ironed out from, is it a price issue? You know, is, is that's what, is that what's causing it? We've got it, you know, is there, let's say it's a three, two, how many of three twos are right by it that are causing it to get blocked out in search? You know, who's next to you in parameters? What are they charging? Are those three twos charging, you know, a cleaning fee that's $40 that just isn't realistic for us and our business and our process when, you know, three, two, we need to be in the 99 to 125 range because we do all the laundry offsite, you name it, salaries, benefits. We'll look at that. Is it a photo quality issue? Is it, we'll look at the conversion rates on all of our channels, you know, and well, if, is that causing it? Are people looking at it and not converting, which kills you in the algorithm? Is it reviews based? Did we get a review last time that's killing the listing? So we'll go in and try to figure that out. And the goal is to get ahead of that with the owner. And if it's, if it's something where we see an issue, we're going to be calling them and saying, Hey, look, we've gotten two one star reviews back to back which is, you know, it happens, it's rare, but because of the pool, and we've notified you of this pool several times, but it allows us with some data to go make that change. And then, you know, on the, the flip side, it, it's the owners trusting us though to go and make those changes. And we have a whole system that identifies any property that does get to be low performing. And low performing also is there's a, every property we set has a, not only a floor rate, but the average daily rate that we're looking for to hit on average, knowing that property, if it goes Your base rate, below, yeah, base yeah. rate it goes below that ADR, what we're used to, it gets on that list as well. Okay. But we do a lot of the owner education. And one thing that we've seen that works really, really well, if a property is not converting well and we fixed the issue of whatever it could be, being able to price yourself for the next two or three weeks, and we have proven this with. You know, Airbnb, BRBO, Marriott Homes Villas, Booking.com. If we can go in and be 15% less than the market just for a short period, it's a slingshot effect that allows bookings to come in. And then we can build that success back up off of whatever it caused being successful. But if you don't, you're not having that high conversion rate, why does any channel want to list you? They're going to shove you down and search. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, and I've heard a lot of other people like, the slingshot effect <laughs> and get some momentum on the platforms, start some booking momentum, review momentum, and it can it can really help in, in terms of uh, booking pace. We talked about some of your favorite metrics about the business, but are there any sort of overall high-level macro indicators that you follow, like overall economy, overall lodging industry, and assume... And being a business owner, you're you're adept on on what's going on across the market. So, is there any favorite indicators you have there? Yeah, I mean, de definitely. I've just, I mean, I watch all everything in the economy. I'm doing a lot of research, and it's so funny at a macro level how it truly does affect a small business like us. And it's I've had a kind of come to terms with that. I didn't know much about, and like, wow, these really do have an effect on what we're doing as a business here locally, but. The interest rates have been something that has severely affected our business in terms of how we're operating, who is purchasing new vacation rentals, um, what numbers, you know, owners can be able to generate with vacation rentals, right? You know, ADRs were so high for so long for a lot of us, but when a lot of folks went and bought a, you know, $1 million or you know, $1.2, $1.3 million three-bedroom, two-bath with no amenities near Main Street, 
and they have a 7% interest rate and they put 10 to 20% down, they're hurting because they're getting crunched with the supplies. I mean, that right there. And then they go to sell, very hard to sell for what you bought it for now. And so that has affected us. Uh, we know we have the real estate side of the business and things too. You know, we've seen some homes convert to to long-term rentals, you know, fit some like that trends, but just from a, a travel trend side as well, what we noticed, I mean, throughout this year, a lot of, a lot of people did those five, those big European trips they haven't done for so long. They got out of just driving to a drive, you know, drive to tourism market. From a lot of research I've done, a lot of people took, I mean, airfares have you know, been leading the way this entire year. I mean, ticket, most ticket sales for a lot of the airlines are up. Yep. past levels of what they were in 2019 before COVID. So it just shows that whole travel trend. And I'm in a group called Vistich. It's a CEO um, advisory board group in Austin. There's 20 other company owners in there. And I asked them, uh, this was in August, after watching just a weird summer and travel trends. And it was so hot here too, but each one of them, not one of them went to a Texas market such as Galveston, Port Aransas, South Padre, Fredericksburg, wherever you can drive. They all flew somewhere with their families this summer, every one. Of them. And so that right there, it's been, you know, I, I watch a lot of the national travel trends and then I try to get down to the niche of how's it affecting Fredericksburg and the Hill Country, but they absolutely had a massive effect. Yep. And that's absolutely what we're seeing I mean, across many sort of drive to markets as they really benefited from I mean, drive to trends over the past couple of years. Now people are going overseas. We're seeing Demand for overseas locations from Americans up 10% relative to pre-COVID. And like that data is real. Like, and then we're seeing on the flip side of like just demand in Europe for short-term rentals, they're crushing it this summer. And you look at every single major European country, the number one sort of inbound uh, customer and outside of domestic is U.S. travelers. And those U.S. travelers are back. They were pent up for so long. Yeah. There's this pent up, pent up demand. Think about how many people canceled those trips. They put on hold for so many years. I mean, my parents who were retired, you know, they moved to Florida in, in uh, September of 2020. And they had all these plans, you know, and trips that whole year. And th then they tried to plan it for 2021. They just canceled, canceled. And they finally, I think they're taking like three European trips this year to date. So yep. they're just getting it backlogged. And, and I think a lot of folks are finally do that. It's you know, overall minus the conflicts overseas, unfortunately, you know, the economies are all safe and travel is safe and things like that. So I think that's what's led into that, that demand to do so. Yeah. So I'm getting into sort of wrapping up here and yes, there's some challenges around the business around bookings or you sort of, we're getting back to sort of more normal trends around 2019. Maybe there's still some and challenges going forward of and getting owners comfortable with those metrics and especially new investors that have come in with really high home values, really high interest rates. And maybe if they, they had the expectations of 2021 or 2022 earnings that you've got to get them comfortable with and what are realistic earning potentials. But what gets you excited about the industry going forward? And what are you guys looking forward to? assuming that you guys are all in on, on the vacation rental industry. So what gets you excited about it over the next couple of years? Yeah, I, th I think for, for me is we have built out such an amazing, you know, local team and, and company and it, and it truly does feel like a true family. And what I've realized 
is you can have all this great tech, you know, data, things like that. It's super critical to have all those things and to understand them to provide a great experience. But if you don't have the right people at the same time, and if they aren't led with the right metrics and goals for success, you cannot be a great company in this space. So I think I'm, I'm most excited for the industry is, is providing a higher quality for both guests and owners. And we're not always going to succeed at that. Everyone's going to fail at, at any stage. And, and perfectionism. I think that's what gets me most excited is, is the industry has, with the amount of supply, it's going to force people to get smarter, better, faster, more rigid, you know, more structure and providing a great experience. But what gets me most excited is the people that have worked for Cozy now for, you know, here locally, we have some people who've been here with us over three years since we've really started here, about three and a half since we really opened up the footprint. And then we have people who work in our customer, customer experience team who've been with us going on almost six years. And so being able to know we have amazing people and then knowing that through COVID, through the ups and downs, even through the supply crunch, watching our company still survive and thrive has been amazing. And then seeing data, like I just briefly spoke before this podcast, and I just we just got off a call with our Airbnb account manager doing an account review for our company. And I got to look at the numbers a little bit better, but you know, we're from last October to this October, we're up 25% in total number of, of bookings. We're up another 25% in terms of total number of, of revenue. You know, our review score from this October, last October is up from like a 4.83 to 4.89 or something. And so it just shows how much people are still coming here. And then to see year to date, Fredericksburg is still up about 12% in terms of guest demand. Now that supply number is starting to come down, which will be great for all of us, but the market we're in is still thriving. And I think that's the case for a lot of folks in many different markets and to not get scared. But if you can focus on the quality, I think that is what is going to allow us to exceed in the future because as much AI is out there, the new luxury is going to be quality and that human connection even further as much technology is out there. So that's what gets me kind of most excited and how can we leverage technology where needed, but putting that human experience first. Well, that sounds I'm like a, a great spot to to end it. I'm definitely looking forward to maybe coming out and experiencing some of that Texas luxury uh, in the near future. Maybe come out with the family. Uh, and, love We'd love to have you all out here. And see it. But uh, Matt, how can people find uh, Cozy Vacation Rentals and how can they find you? Yeah, so you can you can find us you know, on Instagram uh, at CozyVR, Facebook at CozyVR, LinkedIn um, you know, at Cozy Vacation Rentals. Uh, you can go to join.cozy, C-O-Z-I, and then V as in Victor, R.com, and learn all about us and our services. And then, you know, you can always email me or our team. I'm Matt at CozyVR.com. And I've done a lot of reaching out to so many people in the industry for, for help and guidance. And I'm always want to be able to give that back to anyone. So for anyone who needs help, guidance, please do not hesitate to reach out to us or our team. We're here to help uh, at any point. Awesome. Well, Matt. Thanks again for joining and for listeners. Thanks all for tuning in. Hey, thank you, Jamie. Thanks for having me.